Hey, it's Frank DiCaro live in New York City. Doria Biddle is live in Los Angeles. Doria, is she there? Did you, did you yes, untie, you yes, untie her? <laughs> oh, thank God. No, I, we were suggesting bolo ties for the feet and everything. We, we were, Frank, I was. Were. Yes, I was. I want to... <laughs> I want to... <laughs> It was my fault. I didn't mean it, but I it seemed like a, a suggestion that was worth saying out loud. I want I want to welcome to our show Saffron Burroughs, and you know her from so many things. The the bank job, Deep Blue Sea, Troy. Uh Troy was the movie where we surfed because we spilled two giant diet cokes. I know that's terrible. Again, to the we, Frank. Well, I, I did that too, actually, Saffron. I apologize for yes. They were giant they were buckets of Diet Coke and I spilled them and you could hear it rolling down the eye. It it, it was it was terrible. The people in front of me, I felt so bad for their, the Louis Vuitton. It was just, it was bad. You know, wow. it just, we surfed you, right to the first row and then left. No, we watched the whole movie. No, it was good. We just <laughs> wore dark glasses so no one would know we'd spilled all that diet. You two. Really disrupted our Two. It was, I feel bad. Well, congratulations on Mozart in the Jungle. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, um, tell, Dory has been watched. Tell folks a little bit about Cynthia, your character. Yeah. Um, well, Cynthia is a cellist in this in this orchestra, this group of eclectic characters we come to know of this New York orchestra. And um, Cynthia is a rather spontaneous woman. Uh, she's very, very uh, enjoyable to play because if she feels passionately about something, she sort of acts on it, which is really, really fun as an actress to play that. Um, and I, I at, at a certain moment in the first season, I meet Lola Kirk's character Haley and I think she she sort of reminds me of who I was when I was starting out and all the the, the difficulties of being a musician in New York and striving for your art and striving to make money and striving to be taken seriously as a woman and so I've become rather protective of her and a big sisterly to her and um, give her sex advice. <laughs> set her up right, right set, off the bat. I set her up and Give her advice about the various um, virtues of various musicians, and <laughs> I don't know how much lewd detail I can go into. But knock Cynthia, yourself out. Unless, this is a you lewd can, show. This is this a dirty program. Knock Cynthia, yourself out. Cynthia never goes to bed before dawn, and uh, generally falls asleep with her mascara on. And uh, yeah, so I, I mean, it's lovely. It's really fun to play someone who's had a big life already. Um, I've been involved in, in the story with. Malcolm McDowell's character for a long time. I, we've sort of been lovers for a long time, and that blows up at a certain point. And then in this new season, which just came out uh, last week, I get involved with uh, the union lawyer, and I'm the union negotiator. So conflict that's, of interest, that's a little bit somewhat. of a scandal. Yeah. Now the the lifestyle of these musicians, I guess it's not really. You think of classical music, and you think of them as very stuffy, educated people who who go to bed at a proper hour and wake up at a proper hour. Mm -hmm. But this is very. They're living the rock and roll lifestyle. They are they are going out drinking after hours and staying up late and having these great parties. It it makes it look like it's a really fun life. Did you? explore the the classical music scene and and hang out and and is how realistic is that yeah well our, our show is loosely based on a memoir written by Blair Tyndall called Mozart in the Jungle Sex Drugs and Classical Music and when I first read the memoir our story sort of uses it as a jumping off point but the memoir is very detailed and and vivid and 
uh, about that side of the world that these kids are in because they all you know they start out as music students and they've been hothoused since they were young and have been very much on their own in rooms practicing for years and years and years and then you know there's a certain explosion has to take place where where something's got to be released so they have to be young at yeah some point. I was really interested to read this memoir and read about these these young musicians who are yeah doing indulging in every vice you can imagine you know after <laughs> after playing at the New York Phil or or on Broadway or whatever the job is that they're doing and then also the striving to make a living so you often have maybe three different kinds of work in one day which is interesting to me well that also is interesting in the first episode you you do your your concert with the Philharmonic and then you're off doing some off-Broadway gig I mean, yeah. like literally dashing in a cab to get there yeah and you realize or the subway right right I'm <laughs> rushing to get to another gig and I realized that probably from my character who earns a pretty good living in my position at the at the at the fill at the orchestra that there's probably a need there's an interesting sort of other need for money that um, we, we will come to find out about later so um, you're right I mean some people are just just struggling economically and some are, are earning a fair wage but wanting to maintain their place in the orchestra which in itself has a stress to it because you you've got to keep your body in this incredible condition to to be able to play the music the way you want to play it certainly the cello which is so um, requires such energy and such dexterity with the hands and you had to learn to play the cello somewhat didn't you I've played I've played cellist in a couple of films before and then I but I, of course I hadn't kept it up so yeah I was starting from scratch and um, the producers will say to us okay here's a piece of Tchaikovsky that's 90 seconds long go and learn that for you know in five days time we're gonna play that so I've learned 90 seconds of all these pieces <laughs> so then the problem I encounter is when the when the shot takes longer than 90 seconds and they go let's just play let's play on as happened to me in Mexico City I, I was completely confounded because there's this great Mexican musician next to me playing the cello really fast and I hadn't learned that I hadn't got that far with my studies because <laughs> you know it would take me a few days to learn those 90 seconds I would, I mean, I would imagine <laughs> even longer. That's hard. I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> is that something you would like to? I mean, I've always wanted to be able to play an instrument really well, but just never had the discipline. It's uh, tough to if do you it. don't start when you're five. I yeah. realize, you know, it's it's. But I do. I am continuing now just because I enjoy it, and also there's a fantastic focus I found. Life is so distracting and full of hurly burly, and then. I've noticed when you when you play one of these instruments, if you're not utterly focused, you screw up. So it's a lovely kind of it, it demands your attention in a certain way that's that's quite relaxing. We're talking to Saffron Burroughs about Amazon. Excuse me, Mozart in the. I want to call it Mozart in the Amazon Jungle. I know right. that is that's totally a good title. Well, I was yes. telling Saffron before the show that when I first heard about it, I thought it was a television version of Fitzcarraldo, the Herzog film, where they bring an opera house to the jungle, basically. But it, which, again, it, it would be a great idea. Great which we show. discussed would be a good show. Or season three. It's yeah. But it's not Mozart in the Jungle, uh, which w what we're talking about here. I was going to say, it's the ca the cast, a number of the people are really Broadway legends. It must be. Is it fun uh, sharing a, a bill with Deborah Monk and Bernadette Peters? Oh, so fun. 
I mean, I can't believe these women are now my friends. I'm very pleased. <laughs> we have so much fun together. And Bernadette, uh, you know, we have the joy of seeing her sing in season two. And then Deborah Monk's character is just as naughty as Deborah is in real life. So <laughs> every every time I'm in a in an intimate scene with Deborah, we seem to be smoking a joint and laughing about something. And they're just really fantastic people to work with. And, and, and Bernadette Peters looks amazing. She looks amazing. And she has this love affair in this season with this younger man. It's pretty brilliant the way they've, they, I, I feel they've done nothing obvious with our show. You know, they have women who actually like each other and support each other. They have Gael, who's only in his 30s, complaining to Bernadette that he's aging and wearing her face mask. There's some fantastic flips where you're, you're endlessly surprised by the dynamics between people. That's something I was really pleased by because I was really concerned that Cynthia, it, it starts off so well with Cynthia and Haley. And I thought, oh, if this turns into like the, the, the more experienced one, then betrays the up and comer kind of thing. And I love that, that, that that's not the place that they've gone yeah. so far. Yeah. I really like that. And, and, and just the way they have, they, they twist things and they, yeah, they, they defy the obvious cliches about gender endlessly, which is really nice. And about age. Yes. The way, the way, the way they have Bernadette living her life and, um, and some of the younger characters are more timid than the older characters, which is also interesting. And a lot like real life, I think, in some ways, where some some folks past a certain age, you're just like, oh, the hell with it. Let's just do this thing. That the, the, the fear goes away. And, yeah. And, uh, for the lucky ones. It's amazing. Yeah. The, the folks at Mozart and the Jungle, the creators, I mean, it's it's like some of the biggest names of, particularly in like second generation, people who are like children of movers and shakers who are in themselves movers and shakers, like Alex Timbers, Roman Coppola, Jason Schwartzman, Paul Weitz. I mean, what an amazing bunch of folks to to have created this show together. Absolutely. And Alex is from this Broadway and, and London theater background and 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 Jason has his own fantastic humor in the moment he's on screen. You know, he's on the screen and off screen and directing as Paul White's I adore and his written and directed grandma and all these incredible films. And Roman is such a fine writer and now he's directing us as well. So it's a fantastic group of people. Yeah, it's it's when I first heard about this project and those names were attached and then Gael was playing the conductor, I I thought it, it sounded incredible. We're talking about, uh, I never pronounce it, but it's Gael Garcia Bernal. Yeah. Or Garcia, do I have to say it with the TH or no? Well, if you have the Madrid Spanish like me, you would probably say the th, but okay. <laughs> I think he Ga says the, he says a C. Okay. He's from Mexico. Gael Garcia Bernal, of course, who <laughs> had a wonderful, has a wonderful film career as well. It always see, you're one of those people uh, that seems like, uh, have, that it's not just enough to have an interesting career. You need to have an interesting life as well. Is that, is that fair <laughs> or no? An old friend of mine said years ago, you seem to attract, no, you don't even seem to, you attract incident, Saffron. And I think that that certainly was true. <laughs> Is that a good For, thing? I don't know. Incident? It wasn't always good. It was often interesting, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I now have a three-year-old, so I'm trying to attract less incident and just um, be a good, and more stability. a good woman in the world, a good mother and, <laughs> and a little more stable. Yeah, I've certainly... You know, I, I have lived in various places around the world since I was 15, and and some of that's been really interesting, and some of that was difficult. But yeah, I left home at a young age, so so I I've had a lot of um, I suppose by 20 I thought I knew exactly who I was. <laughs> well, at 20 everyone thinks yeah. they know exactly who they are. Yeah, 
Well, I was going to say, and, and the people that you've attracted to your life have all been very creative and very strong and, and really independent. Think people like Mike Vigas and Alan Cumming and, and uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's real. The, the, your partners in crime over the years have been very interesting people. And, and uh, um, I, I think that I always think that kind of says a lot about the person, you know, who, who it says a lot about you as much as it says about them, that they're looking for someone formidable and interesting and and rich in the in the best sense of the word thank you so, frank but so i've had the, alan coming on the show several times you so have he, yeah he's oh, a lot he's of lovely fun. we're still yeah we're very close he is a cheeky monkey as they like to say he's he naughty it's a, <laughs> he, he really is <laughs> and yeah. and we're we're definitely uh, glad but you and you've been an activist as well as not only terrific actress and, and mother but also uh activist as well is that still as important to you as always or, or do you have to focus on uh raising a child now um i think it's as important as ever if not more so maybe even because i'm a parent um my mom's a strong activist and always has been and so we often talk like yesterday we talked about the possibility of going to greece um as many people are doing around the world to to try and be part, you know, be like a small number of the people welcoming the refugees. So, my mum is uh, just sixty-seven and and very active in the world. So, whenever I feel a little bit out of touch with things, I actually talk to her and and have a catch up about what whatever's going on politically in England and and around the world. And she follows various websites that she's got me into, like avaz.org and obviously Greenpeace is a great one, but change.org and all out. And so there's now it's, it's kind of brilliant with the social media and, and also obviously the, the net that you can, even if you're just at home with a young baby, you can really stay in touch with everything. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question, Frank. <laughs> it's all about my mum. <laughs> no, I think I think that's yeah. true. I was reading online. Did you and you, you chose to become an American citizen some years back? Yes, I did. How's that first, feel? It, well, it was the first time Obama was running for president, and I was frustrated because I've I've had a green card for many years, and I thought if I'm going to live here, I wasn't yet a parent, but I I didn't want to feel that I couldn't play a part in the political process and. I missed out on helping to elect Obama the first time. And uh, and so I thought I'd like to, to be part of that, to, to feel like a citizen in that respect. So I'm still very British. I mean, I would never call myself American, not not for any derogatory reason, just because I'm, I'm really English. But um, having the passport was pretty great because I don't feel like a tourist. I feel like I'm, I can be part of living here and part of participating in the community. And chances are you'll have a child that has an American accent. That How does that feel? Yeah, my boy right now still sounds mainly BBC English. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a little bit of Californian thrown in. So he started to say like the other day. Oh, no. <laughs> and we were a bit horrified. <laughs> we, yeah. we have a caller who's one of uh, uh, the earliest fans of your show on our show. Uh, Peter in Maine. Hi there. Hi, Peter. Catherine, this is such an honor. I, I just love your show. I've been telling Doria and Frank since the very beginning to watch it. And oh, it, it, how it's fantastic. So, it's so full of wonderful actors, and and everyone is just so great in it, and the storylines, and... And then you have the wonderful music thrown is in as like an extra treat. It's just, I, I just love it. I can't say enough about it. And I hope you're going to have a third season. 
Oh, thank you. I'm so pleased. I, I really hope we will. Um, I'm hoping because because the show's been nominated for a couple of Golden Globes, I'm hoping that might help, um, you know, create even more of an audience for It'll us. It'll bring and, more attention. Yeah, bring some more momentum to it because, um, yeah, I'm really thrilled it's found an audience. It's uh, I think we're all pleased that it's that's had such a lovely response. Are Thank you, you. Are you going this weekend to the to the Golden Globes? Yes, yes, I am. Yeah, and I'm excited about the whole the whole everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely, especially because our our shows on on the internet. You know, especially because you don't just flick on your TV and find it effortlessly. I think it it makes it all the more important. And then to be nominated alongside Transparent and and these brilliant, brilliant comedies, Veep, you know, this amazing Silicon Valley casual. So we've got these amazing fellow nominees. So. I was going to say that's a fantastic company to be in. Saffron yeah. Burroughs, thank you so much for coming to join us and, and continued success. Have fun on Sunday. I, God, I wish you were going to be on Monday just to tell us about the whole thing. Oh, so. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Come and see us again. And, and thanks for all you've done uh, on all of our behalf uh, as an activist. We appreciate it. And, and the wonderful things you've done that we've enjoyed so much as well. Well, so, thank you. Thanks. When thank we return to the Frank Show, we'll have more fun here on Sirius XM OutQ.